Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. It is so sad to me that I've been debating all day turning my heater on because I'm cold. Is this how far I've fallen that I think it's cold here? This is what SoCal does to you. It turns you into a total wimp when it comes to the weather, but this is the life I live. And instead of turning on my heater, I have resorted to multiple cups of tea and two layers of socks, and I refuse to turn on my heater. I'm just saying. But I love this weather because it's nice and cozy for the holidays. I am very very in the Christmas mood. I have holiday joy diffusing. I am wearing my Christmas socks. I'm listening to Mariah Carey and Michael Buble. It's just a grand time. Very grand. If you haven't already done your holiday shopping, then you're behind. Just letting you know, I've already done 99% of it. I just have 1% left. Anyways, if you haven't, a great gift to give somebody, I think, is Clear Stem Skincare because this is a game-changing skincare product and pretty much everyone can benefit from it because here are the people who would really love this product. Anybody who's interested in anti-aging benefits or anti-acne benefits or both. And I feel like pretty much everybody falls into one of those two categories or both. If you haven't tried Clear Stem yet, it is an amazing light serum that just soaks in your skin so nicely. If you have oily skin, it will help even things out so your skin doesn't produce as much oil. And if you have dry skin, it will moisturize enough so that your skin's not so dry anymore. You can put it under other face products, under makeup. You can use it morning and evening. I use it every single evening before I put other products on top. I just put a very small amount onto clean skin, let it soak in, and then I can put other things on top. And then during the day, if my skin needs some extra TLC, I'll put it on in the morning, let it soak in, put on a moisturizer, and then put on my makeup. This product is so amazing because it combines Eastern and Western medicine to create a product that is both incredibly effective and also non-toxic, totally safe for the skin, will not clog your pores like a lot of other products out there on the market. Make sure you head to clearstemskincare.com to look at their list of pore clogging ingredients. You can compare it to your own face products, but there are so many benefits of using Clearstem. It helps to slow the production of 
5-alpha reductase in the hair follicle. It will help to calm your skin and any inflamed breakouts. It'll help to reduce that redness, any inflammation. It has antibacterial properties, so it helps the skin heal faster. It helps to stimulate collagen production brightens the skin, evens out the discoloration, increases the hydration in your skin, and like I mentioned, it can help to block any excess oil production and androgens. It helps to both treat and prevent any skin irritations. It will help acne go away faster as well as prevent it from popping up. It helps to reduce the appearance of any scars, wrinkles, fine lines, red marks, and also prevent those from happening in the future. I've even used this on other areas of my body to help with scarring, and I heard people say that they've used it to get rid of sunburns. Really incredible product. The ingredients are on point. It contains aloe vera, reishi mushroom, saw palmetto, palm fruit extract, clover flower extract, green tea leaf extract, pink grapefruit peel, frankincense, mountain pepper, turmeric, vitamin B5, their bioavailable collagen fibroblast stem cell formula, and a few other goodies that will help to balance out the hormones in the skin and the hair follicle. Those adaptogens that it contains will help your skin to maintain its stability even though it might encounter any type of environmental stressors. And women have reported that their monthly PMS breakouts are visibly reduced when they use clear stem regularly and any active acne and scabs will actually heal about three times faster and dark spots are going to fade a lot quicker thanks to those bioavailable collagen stem cells. Definitely check out their website to read more about the product and see some incredible before and afters. I think this is one of the best products you could ever get somebody for the holidays because everyone can benefit from it. Great for men and women. It doesn't have a color or anything. It's really lightweight, so you don't have to adjust the rest of your skincare routine to incorporate this in, and I'm just blown away by all of the amazing reviews. I seriously love this product. Like I said, I use it every day, and people have been talking about it in the Facebook group where you guys message me and let me know how much it's totally transformed your skin. I have people saying that their skin hasn't looked this good in years. I have people saying that this has totally gotten rid of their acne or their scarring, that nothing else would work, and I recently published to post on my blog all about the non-toxic products I like to use to naturally get rid of any scarring or red marks and this product of course was on the list. So if you want to try it out go to clearstemskincare.com and you can use my discount code wellness w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s that will get you $15 off. Again clearstemskincare.com my discount code wellness w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s N-E-S-S will get you $15 off. Biggest discount around. Definitely check it out. Speaking of wellness, today's guest is all about wellness. I am chatting with Josh Trent today. He is the founder of Wellness Force and the host of the Wellness Force radio podcast. He has spent the last 16 years as a trainer, a researcher, and facilitator to help people learn more about physical and emotional intelligence so we can navigate this crazy world we live in. And Josh 
actually also lives out here in San Diego. I ran into him the first week I moved here. Addie and I ran into him when we were in Encinitas. He was out. That was great. But we met at the Mind Pump Podcast Heart event. So this was actually the last podcast that I recorded there. I'm releasing these out of order. I didn't think about that before. I honestly have been just releasing them in the order in which the file is on my computer. But I really didn't know much about Josh beforehand. Um, I mean, I knew he was a podcaster. I had listened to a few of his episodes, but I didn't know too much about his history. And this podcast, wow, I've been really excited to release it because, I mean, we just talked about things that I talk about with, you know, friends or people close to me, but... I haven't really talked about on here and we kind of dove into some topics that I just really want to open the conversation up around and he went places that I didn't expect him to in this conversation that I was really glad he did. Josh has an incredible energy. Um, It really honestly took me by surprise. Like, I don't know. We were in this room and I just... I felt this incredible force and I even said during this podcast I said I told him I said I think that you're supposed to be an energy healer because I pick up a lot on energy and auras and um I mean it was just very much in front of my face like he has incredible energy really strong energy he is a healer and I really don't even know how to explain what happened in this conversation but it was like one of It was a really, really great recording with him, and I think this podcast is really going to touch a lot of people. He's incredibly self-aware and has so much knowledge to share. He has interviewed so many incredible people, so make sure you check out his podcast. What I love about him is that he goes deep. Like, there is no small talk around here. Like, we just go for it. He doesn't beat around the bush. I just felt like we are very much energetically on the same wavelength. It almost like, it really took me by surprise, this podcast. And I was literally crying in a good way. Just so much emotion, so much energy, positive energy. But like he is, a, like he's literally wellness force. <laughs> um, but I know you guys are going to love this podcast. And I think you might be surprised at, at where this goes and what he says and I'm just so down with this and this is like this is real talk this is why I made this podcast for conversations like this and why I love podcasting so much I mean this was a great way to end the podcasting at the mind pump podcast heart event in Tahoe I very much felt like after leaving this conversation, like, okay, I was definitely meant to meet you and um, there's something bigger at play. We talk about technology, female energy, self-awareness, energy healing, working through past traumas, so many things. And when we get into the technology part, I was very like, <laughs> I what he said Oh, okay, you guys just have to listen to it because what he's talking about, the master plan of technology, I am like, yeah, this is happening and I'm glad he brought it up. So some big ideas here. 
just listen through the end and I cannot wait to hear what you think about this. Make sure you let Josh know if you listen to this and enjoy it and check out all of his content. He's a great interviewer, but also great interviewee. He is the ideal guest because he just goes for it. So I'm just super excited for you guys to hear this. I'm really appreciative that Josh was willing to come on the podcast and share all of this. And just, I love the content he's putting out. I think he is making a really positive impact and helping so many people. So just want to support him however I can and really admire the work he's doing. So without further ado, let's just hop into this conversation. Remember, we're in Tahoe. We're at the Mind Pump Podcast Heart event. This was the last interview of the weekend for me and I believe him as well. So here we go. Here's Josh Trent. That's what I... Full keto. (laughs) Keto hard. What did you have? I had um, a banana, water, some Baruka's nuts. They're my favorite. Darren Olean. Yeah. And um, we good? I think that's pretty much it. If you're good, I'm good. I'm, yeah, I'm we're good. good. Yep. We good? Okay, man. All right, let me turn my phone off. Does it ring? Yeah. Mine's always off. Well, I just. I'm having to reschedule stuff today. Oh. Yeah. You should see yourself through my eyes right now with the sun hitting the background. Is it glorious? Well, you know what it is? Like, we're so lucky to do this. Yeah, I know. I, I've, I've had, like, moments recently in my life where I've had, like, feelings of uh, happy tears, mm-hmm. like gratitude tears. Yeah. To just be able to do what I do. That's awesome. I don't know if you feel the same way. I do sometimes. Okay, I'm really curious of all about you. I know a little bit about you. I don't know a ton about you. Bring me back to the very beginning. How did you get into wellness? Wow. Um, I was premature. We're going way back. Yeah, like go back to, yeah. Let's go to zero. Yeah. Okay, I like going to zero. Yeah, or even can, before zero. Well, before zero, I think my mom and my dad were like coming together for different reasons. Uh, they both met at a church. They mm-hmm. loved each other. My brother and I both came from that place of love. Yeah. <laughs> However, um, they didn't do their emotional work, their emotional intelligence work. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I was brought into the world, um, which I came out into the world early, I was only four pounds when I was born Wow! and I came into the world and, you know, did you and Darren talk about? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We bonded on that. We're both premature, both preemies. I've gained a bit of weight since then. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, um, long story short, my, my father left when I was really young. My mom, struggled from a manic bipolar disease when she was, uh, you know, my brother and I were really young. So, uh, from a really early age, I never really got that imprinting of safety and security Mm -hmm. in the home, which actually now I look at it as one of my biggest gifts Mm -hmm. because it was a hardship that I got to grow from. And it was really a lesson. It's not even a hardship. Mm -hmm. So I got to this place, um, you know, flash forward, I didn't know what to do in life and I didn't have a, a place of safety. And it's funny, we're drinking out of these cups here at the Mind Pump House. I was drinking out of a red party cup Mm -hmm. when I was like 21 years old. I had gained a bunch of weight Mm -hmm. because to no surprise, like being in an environment when I was young, Mm -hmm. that there wasn't safety and I didn't necessarily know how to express myself properly. I gained a lot of weight because I found this drug called food (laughs) and food became this way for me to quell all these feelings in my body that I did not want to feel. 
So like, no surprise, I'm 21 years old. I'm 280 pounds. I'm in a relationship I don't want to be in. I'm in a job. I was a Mercedes Benz technician. I wasn't even talking to people. Mm -hmm. And I got to this place where I was drinking again at a party and I slammed the party cup down. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, there's got to be more to life than this. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the feeling that came through. Mm Mm-hmm. And I ran home drunk. <laughs> I ran home drunk for like three miles. And this is 2003. So I opened up, I didn't even have a laptop. I just typed it into the computer. I think I wrote like, how do I be healthy? Mm-hmm. And that was like an 18 month journey of, of Atkins and, and low carb and high carb and low fat and high fat. And just kind of learning like, what actually does it mean to be healthy, mm-hmm. to be well? And I got so frustrated because I lost a hundred pounds and then I gained back 40 of it. I was just so angry with how I felt in my body. What were you doing? What what were you doing when you lost 100 pounds? When I lost the 100, I was doing like 1,500 calories a day. Mm. I was eating like tuna and then I would write calories down on a piece of paper because we didn't have iPhones back then. <laughs> <laughs> so I would write down my stone calories. Age. <laughs> yeah, it truly was stone age. I would like write down all the food that I would eat because I read online that like that's how you do it. Yeah. You just, you know, calories in versus calories out, yeah. which we know now is not <laughs> totally the truth. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's, I was, I was essentially starving myself. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. It was the wrong way to do it. Okay. It was the, especially for someone like me, who's, you know, my body type is I'm, I'm built like a brick shit house. <laughs> we cuss on your show. Yeah. Okay. Big um, time. Okay, good. Big time cuss. <laughs> I am built like a brick shit house. I have a very thick middle and I, I put on muscle really fast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it wasn't the right plan for me, mm-hmm. but I had to experience the contrast of failure mm-hmm. in order for me to find something that was more sustainable. So um, when you put the 40 pounds back on, you said, yeah. um, did it, what changed with like, what put that back on? I think what put it back on is my body was starving. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, general adaptation syndrome, um, the weight came back because all the reserves in my body and all, all the systems that synergize and communicate with one another were like, Hey dude, you can't lose weight that fast. No, thanks. It's not yeah. sustainable. Like mm-hmm. we're not ever going to allow you to do that. So we're going to have you gain some of the weight back so that you don't die. Mm -hmm. Like these systems in our body are built so we'll survive. Mm -hmm. And um, what I realized that um, in looking back is that I I was not secure within my emotional self. Mm -hmm. And it was that unsecurity in my emotional self that was making me eat food and making me not want to feel my emotions, essentially Mm -hmm. like a a disassociation of what I was feeling. So I moved to Hawaii. (laughs) I sold everything I owned. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. Why Hawaii? Uh, I loved the feminine energy of Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I loved Hawaii because there's palm trees and blue skies and blue ocean. And I was learning how to surf at the time. So it was just this fun way to be with myself. You know, my whole life up until that point, I had never really spent time with myself. Yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in San Diego. Oh, you were in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, cool. So from San Diego to Hawaii. San Diego to Hawaii. Okay. But, but again, like I had experienced all this contrast of like feeling unsafe in my body, not having the intelligence to express my emotions and, Mm -hmm. um, playing high school sports and loving the feeling of weight training, but not knowing how to connect that in my actual life outside of high school. And, Mm -hmm. um, just a really an intelligence void Mm -hmm. because I didn't have enough life experience. Yeah. I was like 18 years old, 19 years old. So five years later, I'm 23. And that's when the move happened. Mm-hmm. Once I had experienced enough pain. And this is what we see in the industry. It's like people, they need to experience enough pain mm-hmm. before a change is made. Yeah. Um, that was my story. And then some. Okay. So you moved to Hawaii. Yeah. And then what? Then my life changed. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I, I moved to Hawaii and um, I learned how to lose weight sustainably to mm-hmm. where I wasn't doing it from a place of anger and fear and mm-hmm. self-hatred. 
Cause like, let's be real. I, I was, I lost a bunch of weight cause I wasn't having any sex and I wasn't, uh, getting any attention from the feminine, mm-hmm. which is, I, I would say for unintelligent males from an emotional perspective, mm-hmm. that's their primary driver is to receive adulation and attention from the feminine, mm-hmm. especially being overweight. And, and the feminine doesn't like overweight men because it's an indicator of something that they don't perceive as safety for them. Mm-hmm. And so that was my experience. Like I didn't have an awareness of myself. I didn't understand what it was like to be in Josh's body mm-hmm. and to like love being in Josh's body. Mm-hmm. And that's a skill set that continues to evolve. But then it was very void. So there was an intelligence void. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what really propelled me to go out to Hawaii was like this contrast of like losing the weight, gaining the weight, not knowing exactly how to do it sustainably from a place of self-love, sustainability. Um, so in Hawaii, I just like six months surfed and hiked and fished and mm-hmm. just like understood what it was like to be with myself, mm-hmm. you know, spent a lot of time alone, which is a really good thing. Yeah. And, um, then I got to a place where I was working out at 24 hour fitness and this fitness manager came up to me and he was like, Hey, I've seen you get some good results. Have you thought about being a trainer? And I was like, what's a trainer? I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know what personal training was. And then it was just like this lightning bolt again, um, almost like a, like a guidepost from God, mm-hmm. you know, where I, I got to go down this road of, of helping people do something that I was learning for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was 10 years of like, you know, 10,000 hours with clients and mm-hmm. then getting to a point where I let that all go. Cause as David Dita talks about, I was in this space between purposes mm-hmm. and then I actually left fitness completely, went to the technology industry was making a bunch of money, but was committing fucking spiritual suicide, like sitting in a cube. Yeah. And what were you doing in the technology? I was, I was working for this company called active.com. Oh, okay. Yeah. They do like registration for races and yeah. whatnot, like marathons. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, um, well, if I don't know what I want to do, I still have, you know, our responsibilities in life don't stop because uh-huh. we're on a spiritual quest. Mm-hmm. And like my responsibilities of like bills to pay and, and things I needed to do financially, like those needed to be fed. Mm-hmm. So I got a job, J-O-B, that wasn't necessarily aligned with my soul, mm-hmm. but it's because my soul wasn't clear on where it wanted to go next. Yeah. And I think it was getting promoted to another company, which was events.com, and then getting the gift of being fired. Mm-hmm. And I say gift because it really was a gift. Yeah. Um, sometimes for my, I think a lot of people in my experience was that when I got fired, it really tested my resolve as to what my soul wanted, mm-hmm. like what I really wanted to do. And then that's when I started Wellness Force. Um, so it's been three and a half years and like, you know, a million people reached and, and all these people that are like loving the message about discovering this intelligence. Yeah. Christina, it's all about intelligence. Like intelligence is our ability to uh, take in and to accumulate and to apply. Mm-hmm. Intelligence is both. And I like to explore the bridge between the two. Yeah. Okay. So what, what made you say, okay, I'm going to start a podcast though, specifically. Yeah. This is cool because I was, um, in my last year of personal training, I did a couple guest hosting spots for my friend, Sean Croxton. He had a show in the past called underground wellness. Uh And he was like, you have a really cool podcasting voice. And like, you, you should definitely check this out. You should do this. And I was Mm -hmm. like, all right. And I tried it a couple of times and I liked it, but I'll be honest. And I've never said this. Um, I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was scared of, well, who the hell wants to listen to my voice? Who wants to hear what I have to say? Yeah. You know, a lot of emotional work that was still to be done mm-hmm. that, I, that I hadn't done yet. And so I had to leave a space that I think my soul loved in order to learn 
the dark contrast of not being in it was actually giving me the grace to be back in it. In, mm-hmm. a, in other words, it was gone and I missed it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I missed wellness. I missed having conversations about things that I cared about. And um, I've always loved, I think, wellness my whole life. I just didn't know it. And I think that it's only through my, my hard times, my down times, mm-hmm. when that love grows more, mm-hmm. at least for me. So I kind of lost your question a little bit there. No, I mean, so you, so you started like co or not co-hosting, but like hosting for underground wellness just for a few shows. Uh Mm -hmm. And then I left because there was a, there was a a friction in that friendship. Mm -hmm. And, um, the friction in the friendship was around MLM companies because there was a product he was selling and I didn't necessarily believe in it. And I look back on it now Oh wow! I look back on it now and I was like, oh, he was just doing the best he could, Mm -hmm. which is all of us doing that. Mm -hmm. And, um, my viewpoints around money and around even business and friendships have, have evolved since then. Mm -hmm. Um, the person I was five years ago was like, not ready to have this conversation at all. Uh So, so you left that and then, well, and then, um, you're just like, let me start my own. Yeah. I, I got this hit actually. I don't know if you've ever talked about vibration and sound bowls on the show. No. So sound, everything is frequency and the frequency of earth is 432 Hertz. Mm -hmm. And so these sound bowls, um, I was in a ceremony, a sound bowls healing ceremony and I was dating a girl at the time. And we had this session where they put these big bowls on my chakras Mm -hmm. and I was laying on the ground and I just started crying out of nowhere, like tears coming out of my eyes, but not like, not the kind of cry where you're like really audible crying, but more, more where there's just water coming out. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was driving home. I was still in that job mm-hmm. at, at events.com, like not really loving it, kind mm-hmm. of committing spiritual suicide, getting that message every day. And a lot of people can relate to this. Like there's something more. We mm-hmm. just don't know what it is. And I got this other lightning bolt where I was, her name was Amy. And I was like, Amy, pull over. I have to tell you something. And she recorded on a phone. And I was like, ah, I see this trend in wearable technology. I'm going to use these wearables and I'm going to coach people and I'm going to keep them accountable online. And mm-hmm. I'm going to have a podcast and I'm going to actually get people to do the promises that they've wanted to do, mm-hmm. that they've kept to themselves through um, digital accountability. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've transformed since then, but like that was the moment. Mm-hmm. Like the moment was I, I had received enough pain. I was asking God, I was asking the universe, mm-hmm. like what's next? Mm-hmm. And I went to this sound healing ceremony and something about these bowls unlocked that message. Yeah. And then I recorded the whole thing on a phone and then that's where I went. Like that was the clarity. Why did you go to that sound healing ceremony? Like what got you interested? Have you always been interested in like energy healing or? Nope. <laughs> okay. Was that just like a one time thing that no. happened or had you been exploring that? You know what it was? I was dating a woman at the time mm-hmm. and she was so beautiful in so many ways. I'm so grateful for being in that relationship mm-hmm. with her. And she was, um, she had an alcoholic father Mm -hmm. and we went through more growth and up-leveling in that relationship than any relationship I've ever been in. Mm -hmm. And so it was in that relationship that she started sharing with me about the power of frequency and the laws of vibration and different Mm -hmm. things from a universal and like an energy perspective. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually through that relationship with her that unlocked how I would grow and, and move wellness force and move myself. That's awesome. Yeah, it was the receiving from the feminine, which is right now in our society, a big void is people not being able to receive enough from the feminine. It's a skill set. Talk more about that. Yeah. So when we don't 
right now we're experiencing the pendulum swinging from decades and decades of men being in a, like a hardcore patriarchal structure, mm-hmm. right? Where men owned and did everything. And now we're seeing that the pendulum not only has swung back, but it's swung back maybe 30, 40 degrees hard to the right, where we're seeing the rise of Me Too and the rise of fifth and, and sixth wave feminism. Mm-hmm. And so what we're all really searching for and seeking right now is equilibrium and homeostasis. Mm-hmm. But the challenge right now is that we have the pain body from women being oppressed. Mm-hmm. We have the patriarchy kind of still in place. And then we also have people like you and me that want to find that balance, but we're the minority. Mm-hmm. So it's up to us to talk about like, hey, guys, here's the code of operations. Here's how we actually operate as men and women mm-hmm. so that we can receive the gifts that we have for one another. We Mm -hmm. can't receive energy from the feminine if we're stuck in the patriarchy. We also, this is another one that might get me in trouble, but I don't really care. We also can't receive gifts from the feminine if we have feminists that are just angry and want to uh, take men down a notch, if you will. Right. So there's, there's the middle part that I think people are talking about more and more. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, like, you know, on this show, like bringing out that memory from being with Amy, I received from her because I had experienced enough pain that it made me more open to getting Mm -hmm. a different result. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're experiencing now as a society is we've, we've all experienced enough pain, both men and women around who's in control and why we're fighting one another. Definitely seems like you've done a lot of self work and like self discovery and like what what do you do to figure yourself out to this extent? That's a great question. <laughs> what do I do to figure myself out? Basically, yeah. Well, I mean, um, there I'm are so s- many people who aren't self aware, you yeah. know, and so like what you know what helps you have that awareness? I put my feet to the fire as much as humanly possible, mm-hmm. and also I'm aware of knowing that if I put my feet in the fire too much, I'll get burned. So I want to put my feet to the fire, but I don't want to scorch my skin. Mm -hmm. And I think right now we have a lot of people that go to weekend workshops and maybe even people that explore ayahuasca when they shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And really what it is, is it's radical wisdom that they don't have a base to support. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's divine wisdom. It's amazing wisdom, but they're not ready for it yet. And so what I do is I'm constantly writing the line of, okay, I want to go do another ceremony or I want to do a course or I want to have a great podcast with somebody that I care about that I think is a leading mind Mm -hmm. in personal development. And I'm balancing between those buckets of, Mm -hmm. all right, well, which one am I going to go to? Like, which well am I going to tap into today? Mm -hmm. And just the continuing evolution of how aware I am if I'm stretching myself too thin. Because I'll be honest, like I've done ceremonies before and it was too much. Yeah, like like what? um, There have been ceremonies that I've like, really pushed myself from place of ego to explore what else is there, mm-hmm. uh, like a, on a plant medicine perspective. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't to my greater good. It, it was more my ego driving. Well, what else is there? Mm-hmm. Like you and I are podcast hosts. So we're just like curious. We, yeah. we want to know about it. We want, we want the answers. Yeah. But sometimes we don't get the answers. Sometimes we just get what the God or the universe or the Buddha wants us to actually know. Uh-huh. Have you always had like a sense of spirituality? No. Like when did that develop? I was really angry at God for a long time. Uh I was angry at God because he couldn't heal my mom. He couldn't fix her disease. He couldn't Mm -hmm. make my dad and I connect. And um, I also have like a very active survival brain. 
So I'm constantly looking around the world and I'm, I'm very empathetic and I'm feeling the suffering and the pain that's going on on our planet. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if I allow it, if I choose, if I allow myself to focus on it, it puts me in a very dark place. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I guess it's my, this work that we do as holding conversations, holding space, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, I, I get more of this on a continuous basis where mm-hmm. I'm understanding, all right, well, if I get triggered by something in the outside world, doesn't that just mean that that's what lives inside myself? Mm-hmm. If I'm triggered by something that's happening in the world and no, I wasn't always spiritual. I wasn't always explorative about spirituality and energy work and things like this. It's just from what I found, it's the only way to truth. It's the only way fucking home mm-hmm. because everybody starts with fitness. Like I started with fitness, mm-hmm. but it was my, my foot in the door to wellness. Mm-hmm. And then once you start exploring wellness, then you realize, well, this path is really just about spiritual exploration. Mm-hmm. And then once you start spending enough time in spirituality, you realize, oh, well, you're my sister mm-hmm. and I'm your brother. And like, we get each other's backs because we come from the same stars mm-hmm. from billions of years ago. So we're going to a woo-woo level, but like, that's where we live. Yeah. We're, we're, spirituality and business are the same thing. Spirituality and friendships are the same thing. It's just, I don't know, sometimes we don't talk about it with the esoteric language. Yeah. It's so interesting because I'm just thinking about how you're my last podcast of this weekend right now. And I started with Jordan. Have you talked to Jordan? Yeah. I interviewed with Jordan. Yeah. Jordan and Jordan. Um, Jordan. Wait, Jordan and Jordan. Are there two? Uh, Jordan Shallow, Jordan Junta. Oh. Oh. Okay. So, Jordan, the first podcast is like, wellness isn't a real word. Did you get into that? No. He didn't say that on my show. Oh, he was, he's like, he's very anti-wellness, very, got very upset I was drinking chaga. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, it's, and I'm like, I just took a total, like, 180, because I'm, like, ending up like here right now with you and um you have such strong energy like you have really good energy like I can really feel it um and I don't know it's just a very strange place to be I I it's interesting have you ever considered becoming an energy healer no I I mean it hasn't crossed my mind until you mentioned it well what I do is I just really I care yeah I just care I mean, about that's people. a form. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think um, empaths uh-huh. are something that we always explore in the wellness force group. Like there's a ton of people. They're like, are you guys feeling this right now? Mm-hmm. And I'll always say, yeah, I'm kind of feeling something too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I like, I recently became a Reiki practitioner because just like I kind of similar thing, like was very just much like nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, all that. And then just realized like, I have to go further and then started doing more energy healing and exploring that and like understanding how that affected me. And I was like, I want to be able to help other people kind of break through those walls. And it's that, that experience where like, you don't even know why and you're just crying. Like someone's hands can be over, like I'm going to cry, you know, someone's hands can be over you and you're just sobbing. You're like, I don't know what I just released or like, you know, you're going over someone and I'm like, what did you go through with your mom? Like, what did you go through? You know, like I can just feel it like in my body and like people don't realize what they're holding in and like how that relates. And I know like with my clients, a lot of them didn't understand like why I was doing that. And I'm like, they're like, I'm like, trust me, this will help you. And I'm like, you know, you can't get through this digestive issue when you have this like 
cord in 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 your sacral chakra like you just you can't and like they don't they don't get that block and i'm like you have to experience it to understand how like all these things you're so focused on the food the fitness like why are my hormones out of balance why is my digestion it's deep it's so deep in you let's talk about this yeah i love this yeah um my own experience and with working with clients and with getting requests online and messages about what people say they need Mm -hmm. it's their ego Mm -hmm. saying what they need the majority of the time. And so when people are doing session with you and they're receiving hands-on healing or any kind of energy work, healing is not a matter of just the mind. Mm-hmm. Healing is, is neck down. So in order to really heal, there has to be a connection of head to heart. Mm-hmm. And, and what's missing, and I, and I know the Mind Pump guys talk about it and touch on it as well. It's really about, hey, you know what? Can I, can I do as much work as possible so that I'm comfortable in my own skin? Mm-hmm. that's really what, where healing comes from. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening with people that are receiving hands-on healing or just people that are like having a hard time receiving something that's not just cognitive based mm-hmm. is that their heart is being spoken to yeah, and they're having trouble with their own connection to their own heart mm-hmm. because they're so ego driven. They're so conscious brain driven and that's not where healing occurs. And I think where really healing can occur is by being open to saying, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to do whatever work is necessary for me to get them. Mm-hmm. And once I get them, I don't need to fight or try to change them. Or if I don't like one answer that I'm going to search for another, it's a surrendering process. Mm-hmm. And like, shit, I haven't figured this thing out completely like, at all. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 38 years old. I'm in the best place of my life as far as like knowing who I am, mm-hmm. but it's taken a long time. I feel like I'm a late bloomer actually. When I look Everyone at, is. I think some people are late bloomers. You know, like, like I, I actually felt fear two days ago when I was listening about the story of Sam Adams, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, the Sam Adams beer company. Yeah. Um, there's stories of him like well into his late forties where he was like still driving his business and still putting all his energy into his business. Uh-huh. But all he was feeling sadness and he was journaling and he was like, all my friends are getting married and everyone around me is like, you know, situating their lives for the next phase, but I'm still here working on my business. And he realized that his business was actually like his soul's purpose. Mm-hmm. And that scares the shit out of me, honestly. <laughs> like, Why? I, I don't, I don't want to be in my late forties still driving my business and not having a wife and not having a family. Like I get to have all those things. Yeah. And I think where I am truthfully now is I'm, I'm figuring them out because uh-huh. back to your question, I'm open to whatever is mm-hmm. I'm open to whatever is, and I'm open to doing the work on mm-hmm. myself um, to learn who I am in the space of whatever it is. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people are, are chasing that, the end goal though, you oh, know, yeah. rather than like what's going on right now and then they get it and it's not good enough. You know, I, I'm, I kind of want to go back to like, I feel like you've thought a lot about what happened in your past and like your relationship like with your mom and you have, you have a brother. Yeah. Older brother. He's older. How is your relationship with him? Love. Yeah. He was close. Yeah. He is like with my dad being gone, when we were kids mm-hmm. and my mom having her struggles. Mm-hmm. My brother and I were, were like a bond that is like, it's me emotional just to think about right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have a very special bond. And you've, because have we you always to, been like that? Yeah, because we went to war together. Yeah. I mean, my childhood was a war. Mm-hmm. And it's not to be like, oh, pity me. I'm not saying that. It, mm-hmm. It's more like my childhood was literally a war. Yeah. So that's what I went through to bring me to where I am now. And yeah. that's how it all connects. It's interesting. Let's talk about your relationship with food, how you struggled with that. Like, I'm curious, Do you did you feel like you had 
an issue with like binge eating or like, was it just like, what I would do is when I was sad and I was in high school uh-huh. and I would go home and my, my parents would be fighting and I had split homes or I'd be nervous about what was going to happen when I went home. Mm-hmm. I would just like stop on the way home from mm-hmm. school and I would get a burrito. Mm-hmm. And then that led to me binge drinking in high school. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be the guy who'd like, I'd be proud of passing out at parties. Mm-hmm. Um, so like really low level vibration stuff. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. there was a deep pain body in myself that I didn't know how the fuck to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the reality of yeah. it. Yeah. So you think that people who are in that situation, like what, what do they need to do to start working towards getting out of it? You know what? Um, breathe, honestly, yeah. that's the, that's the first step. Mm-hmm. It seems really too, it almost seems too simple, doesn't it? Like, Oh, how do you get out of a hole or what's the next step on this long drawn out discovery process? I, um, before I did the, the seal fit event last year, the, the Mark divine event, mm-hmm. I got a tattoo on my arm, uh, to remind myself to breathe. Cause by the way, just cause that stuff happened to me or for me when I was a kid, doesn't mean that I don't still carry that energy in mm-hmm. some way. Like it's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even Steve Young talked about this in the shadow of Joe Montana where mm-hmm he kind of felt like the monkey was always on his back and it'll always be there. Well, on my arm is seposo respirare, posso scegliere, which means if I can breathe, I can choose. What language is that? This is Italian. Oh. So it's my fun half is my like Sicilian side. Uh-huh. It's where I like to be romantic. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it's a reminder to myself to, to fucking breathe yeah. because we all have that and that's the beginning of everything. So your question is, if someone's in a really dark place, mm-hmm. like what's the first step? Mm-hmm. Just tap into what's breathing you. Mm-hmm. Just tap into actually what's breathing you. Something's breathing us right now. We don't Explain know. Explain more about that. Well, there's a force. I learned this from Coot Blackson. And he asked me this on a podcast once. He was like, Josh, you know something's breathing you right now, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. And then I thought about it and I realized, oh, yeah, there's these autonomic processes in the body uh-huh. that do things without us having to tell them to do anything. Yeah. Like breathing, like digestion. Um, eye blinking. You're not mm-hmm. thinking about blinking your eyes. They're just happening. Yeah. So there's these things that happen based on uh, stimulus and response. And so if our current stimulus is pain and sorrow and depression, we can tune into the response of breathing. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it all begins. Okay. I mean, it's after that, it gets a little more complicated. Yeah. You know? Well, let's get into the more complicated part. Yeah. The complication is yeah. who am I? Can I take the emotional inventory of like what's not working in my life? Mm-hmm. And I have, um, I developed a guide around this from, from 250 guests of like, okay, in about 30 minutes, it's the M21 guide. Like, what are the things that we can actually do to be truthful and honest with ourselves where we really are? Mm -hmm. And it's an emotional inventory process. So you do your meditation, you do your breath work first, then you do meditation. And then after the meditation, you write down three things that you know aren't working. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really simple. And the simple things, honestly, are the most powerful, yeah. but they're the most underutilized because they don't seem hard enough. Mm-hmm. But if you ask yourself, it's always like, that. <laughs> it's always like that. If you ask yourself in stillness, after you've done some kind of work to be in your body and out of your head and mm-hmm. have, have more of a connection neck down, mm-hmm. the message is there. Mm-hmm. Like our body, our body has the most incredible ancient intelligence Yeah, that it's giving us messages all the time. And, um, just, are we listening? Yeah. Like, are we, are we listening to the messages? Most people are not. Most people aren't. But, but so anyways, it's the next step after breathing is, is sitting still and then asking yourself like, okay, what are three things that aren't working? And then getting really clear on, all right, out of these three things that aren't working, what's one thing that I can do today 
where I can just take one step towards one of those three that's not working. Mm -hmm. And this is the harder part. Who can I call in my network and my friend group and my support crew and my tribe Mm -hmm. that I can talk to it about? Yeah. Because, um, what I learned from, from Paul check is that our body is like 95, 99% water, something in there, high nineties. When we speak, it's imprinting into the water in our bodies. So if I'm sitting here and I'm being honest with you and there's nowhere to hide and my body's hearing my absolute truth, mm-hmm. I'm imprinting that truth into the water in my body. Mm-hmm. So that's real for me. So if yeah. I'm, if I, you're, you're a close friend of mine and I'm mm-hmm. telling you, Hey, I did my inventory of my emotions this morning. Uh-huh. And based on my meditation session, I know that I'm in the wrong job yeah. and it like really hurts me and I want to talk to you about it. And, yeah. and you'd be surprised how many of your friends would be like overjoyed to be a mirror for you and to just be a, a sounding wall for you. But, but what happens is, is we get in our ego and we're like, ah, people don't want to hear about my struggles. Yeah. People don't want to hear about my, my pain and my bullshit. Well, they do because they probably experience a version of that themselves. Yeah. And- it's interesting how many people... I encounter who feel like they really don't have a support system. Like they don't yeah. really feel that connected to someone or like they can trust someone that yeah. much. Why do you think that is? I think it's because we're in an overconnected world that mm-hmm. gives our, our ancient brain this perceived sense of connection, mm-hmm. but it's not real connection. Like you and I in person, like our bodies are trading electrons. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these like hundreds of minuscule facial muscles that you're studying without even knowing. And then your nervous system is reacting to my nervous system. Mm-hmm. So there's this, um, there's this disconnection from that. Yeah. And we're disconnected from what's really going on in our, in our body and in our stomach and in our heart. And so we get a little hit of it. We get these little tastes all mm-hmm. day long likes and, and, you know, followers and like, Oh my God, I got five DMS today and I'll, I'll be guilty of it too. Like I'll, I'll get that flood of serotonin. I'll be like, Oh wow. People like me, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people, people really like yeah. me. But, um, I, I think what I'm noticing, cause I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be at my age and like have one foot in a world where we didn't have cell phones at all. Like I remember going home and dialing on a rotary phone. Oh wow. You know? Which is which is so funny. I just saw these guys like it's like millennials try to dial on a rotary phone and they couldn't figure really? out how to, how to use the rotary phone. <laughs> Anyways, like uh, to answer your question, I think I think it's a disconnection from our deepest self and I think it's uh, a perceived sense of connection mm-hmm. that further perpetuates the disconnection within ourselves. Yeah. I think people feel really trapped though. Like I talk about this a lot of people, like how do we, how do we pull? I think people need to pull back on social media and pull back on the technology. And, but people, it's like, you feel trapped. Like my, this is my business. This is how I connect with people. This is how people get a hold of me. And like, I struggle with this myself all the time. You know, like if I don't respond to a text in X amount of hours, like, you know, everyone's freaking out and everyone thinks I died. And I'm like, have we gone this far? Or like, if you're not, connected with someone and know exactly where someone is at all times like we're freaking out you know and i see people living on their phones and like that their whole connection is online and i'm like Ugh. i want to share something with you that will be quite polarizing okay. but it's my truth yeah um i spent some time in the technology sector for a lo- for three or four years yeah and i was a speaker at ces for a couple years and i moderated some panels about behavior change and wellness technology and mm-hmm ways that data can help the human. And what I found was one particular person that I can't mention their name, but they've worked with some of the top 10 health brands in the world. Mm -hmm. And she said, Josh, if you can do one thing, stop using social media apps on your phone because they're training you and they're training you and your children Mm -hmm. 
for the master plan that's coming down the road. Mm. And the master plan that's coming down the road is that every single thing we do, every action that we take, every tap, every conversation, whatever it is, all of these actions that we take through our phone are eventually going to be monetized. Just us being human beings is being raked into a pile to be harvested for money. Mm -hmm. And that kills me. Yeah. So part of my business, as you can relate to, is like being online and having conversations with people and connecting. And, and so the challenge for me, the challenge for me is having a conversation with someone like that, mm-hmm. knowing what's true, meeting the demands of my business in the modern world, and having a guidance, a North Star inside myself that does not succumb to being a slave to the technology. Yeah. That is a really, that's a really hard learning curve for me right now. So how are you like handling that? Like... <laughs> What are your thoughts around that? <laughs> I mean... I think it's a really relatable struggle. I think it is. Um, I think even more <laughs> like, so... I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> I think even more so for people that are that are creators. Like, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you create things mm-hmm. for a living, even if it's healing in someone else. Mm-hmm. And so the, the fact that we create for a business, mm-hmm. creation takes tools. If you're a mechanic, you have to have the right tools. Mm-hmm. If you're a healer, you have to have the right tools. If you're a podcaster, you have to have the right tools. So social media is our, one of our most powerful tools. Mm-hmm. So how do we not abuse that tool? Mm-hmm. How do we use the tool and wield it? The, the, you know, there was a reason why the ring finger is this right next to the middle finger. It's like the one that goes to our heart, right? Mm-hmm. So if we have social media in our hand, how do we make sure that all the actions that we're taking is connected to our heart and not to our brain? Yeah. That's the fucking challenge. It's, I had this. I don't have an answer for you. Yeah, no. I mean, I had this moment. It was just breakdown the other day because my... Chinese medicine doctor was like, your pineal gland is really screwed up. Okay. What do you want me to do? (laughs) She's like, I think you need to like not have like go screen free for like four months. And four I, months. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Do you, like, know, what I, do you know what I do? Yeah, I was like, is that a joke? And she's mm-hmm. like, well, how much time do you spend on screens a day? And I was like, I mean, most of my, my day. Like, I'm either writing. Seven to nine hours. Yeah, like, basically, I'm basically always on a screen. Like, I'm either writing a post or I'm, like, editing a podcast or I'm, like, looking something up. I'm on a, texting someone. You know, like, I'm always on a screen. I'm like realizing this as I'm like, this is so embarrassing, but also this is my job, you know? And, um, she's like, well, you need to get a new job. And I was like, and I had this wave of panic, you know, I'm like, but then you're like taking away everything I love, you know? And, and it was really interesting for me. And I just started thinking about like, okay, thinking about this connection between legitimate health issues and like the screens and, and I started talking to my friend about it. I'm like, I don't, if, if a doctor ever told me like, you know, you have a health issue and you literally can't look at screens for X amount of months, I, I don't know what I would do and how mm. weird of a world is it that I'm in that state. Right. And she was telling me about, um, a mutual friend we have, who I didn't even know she went through this, but like she had like some big health issues that were like, no one could really figure out what was going on. And eventually, um, it was kind of related to hormones and digestion, acne, like all these kind of weird things, put chronic fatigue and her vision started going and then actual eye, like macular degeneration. And, um, it ended up like that she's hyper responsive to seeing screens. So she, she literally for four to five months had to go screen free and was on a very strict protocol, adding screens. And even now, like she had to get a new job so that she doesn't look at screens. And, and I'm wondering, I'm like, how many people have these health issues because of looking at screens that just have 
have literally no idea. Like she's very much in the, in the wellness space and has access to so many different types of healers. But like, there are so many people walking around who don't even realize like what that's doing to their physical health and their emotional, mental, everything going yeah. on, you know? Yeah. And it's just so weird for that to be, I'm like this screen, I think we all kind of know on some level, like what this is doing to us emotionally, whether or not we want to admit it. Um, but I'm like, this is a physical manifestation of what the screen is doing. Like, that's pretty scary. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I, it's been something I've been thinking about a lot and I'm, I definitely feel trapped. Well, I'll tell you this. My brother, um, he's an amazing father. Mm -hmm. You know, we touched on him before and he works in a career where he's on a screen, um, doing a lot of data processing. Mm -hmm. And he had an eye condition where his eyes started twitching and it started hurting. And then he had some type of pain in his eye. He had to go to the doctor. And the doctor was like, yeah, you're looking at screens way too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're, you're looking at the screen way too much. And he's like, well, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the glasses are one thing. And then installing like flux or some kind of like blue blocker on the phone is an, or on the screen is another. But at the end of the day, like we're still the guinea pig. Mm -hmm. You and I, my brother, our society in general – Screens haven't been around in the way that they have so much high power for more than what, 10 years of mm -hmm. this like super high def screen where there's a lot of blue light coming out of it yeah. before actually think about this before when I played Oregon trail in, in middle school, it was a green screen. Like the Apple screen was a green fucking screen. So, <laughs> so you wouldn't have this dynamic, powerful light kind of bleeding into your retina. Mm -hmm. And the challenge with this too, is that, you know, we have like these photoreceptors in our eyes that are attuned to blue light. Mm -hmm. So if we're taking in blue light, especially before bed, we are screwed. Mm -hmm. And luckily I, I track sleep on aura ring. So I yeah. know like, Oh, I can see why my REM or my deep was like 20%, 50%, 75% less mm -hmm. because I chose, I'm still a human being. Like I chose to be on my screen at night. Mm -hmm. So I just, I think the answer to your question and then maybe this topic that we're talking about is, can we be mindful and can we just be in the moment and can we choose to not be a slave, mm -hmm. even if it is our chosen endeavor or our business or whatever, mm -hmm. to just stack odds in our favor on a continuous basis around us mm -hmm. so that we're, maybe if there's seven things we would do to have the optimal night's sleep, mm -hmm. can we just do like three or four of them? Yeah. Can we do five of them? Um, I don't know though. I think, I think you're unraveling a very deep question. It's a deep one. It's it's scary for people. We've made all these quote advancements, you know, so we can get more done. And I think about it in terms of business where the biggest issue is, it's like a good amount of people, their jobs, they're on a screen all day. They're on a computer. I would say the majority of white collar jobs involve a yeah, computer. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And it's like, how would we ever go back from that? Like that really scares me because to go back from that, to change the structure of how like work, like jobs, careers are now would feel like, regressing so far like you know we have these computers so we can get shit done quickly and it's like what i can't i honestly can't imagine i wish i, I could but i can't imagine a world where we would go away from that i can imagine a world where things are designed from a more i guess you could say health perspective and or even from a postural perspective or a biological safety perspective mm -hmm. like the way that we sit stand the way that we have our working environment the way that we're blocking blue light and even honestly 5G there's a lot of information right now about 5G where it can really hurt people so i think we can do our best as a society to just see how this unfolds mm -hmm. the real reality is christina like we don't know. know we just don't fucking know but you know how we know we know how we feel yeah. So if you're at the end of your day or your week and you mm -hmm. feel like shit, 
mm-hmm. something's not working. Yeah. And and it goes back to your deep question of the the inventory. And I think from a technology perspective, again, I, I feel like I feel confident that I can speak from this because after doing so many talks at CES and understanding that mm-hmm. world. There's a lot of people there that just want to make money. I would say 90% of them. And, and yeah. you know, Justin's done some topics on this as well. Uh-huh. What we need to do, what we get to do as an industry is ask this big question of, does this technology actually help to heal the human? Does this Fitbit you're wearing, does this aura ring you're wearing? And I, I but think do aura. they care? Well, yeah, I, I think they do. And, and that's why I love doing what we do because I'll get to talk to some of these people and mm-hmm. really get the vibe on them. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's this energy healer that's deep inside me that you talked about. Yeah. Um, and I'll get the vibe on somebody. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll use that as a lens of how I view their technology. Mm-hmm. Because if I can understand how a CEO or a president feels and articulates their feelings about why they do what they do, mm-hmm. well, then that is like going to bleed into every single thing about the functionality of what they do. Yeah. And this, this technology conversation, um, it's a timely one. Yeah. And it's a timely one because I think you're right. Like, we're not going back. There's no going back from here. Yeah. And it's a little bit scary, but I think that it's just going to take you and I, and honestly, like hundreds of thousands more of you and I, mm-hmm. to have these conversations on a big scale mm-hmm. to where people at least pause from their stressed out, uh, crazy frenetic day and just care, take the time to care about what this is. It's not a luxury. Like wellness is not a fucking luxury. Wellness is not something that everyone gets to have only if they've earned it. Mm -hmm. Like we're we're all here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we're in these meat suits, like we've earned it. And so if technology is going to assault our, our God given, spiritual given, divine given right to have wellness, yeah. Well, then we get to explore that and we get to understand why so we can live in a state of true wellness. And I think right now it's it's harder to have wellness now than I think it's ever been. Yet a lot of people would say, well, that's not true. If you look at the data around quality of life and if you look at the data around poverty and things yeah. like that, that's true. But you know what they had a long time ago that we didn't have? Community. They had physical and emotional connection. Yeah which is why I'm so fascinated with physical emotional intelligence. You know, it's mm-hmm. like this, like even what you and I are doing, I know somebody's listening to us, they're here with us. Mm-hmm. And I know that we've touched on things inside of them already where they're feeling something mm-hmm. like you're feeling something right now. Yeah. And it's because we're speaking to whatever that is in your heart. Like we're speaking yeah. to you neck down. Yeah. Um, don't, don't get me wrong. I love, I love heady conversations too, <laughs> but, but a lot of the questions you've asked are really neck down. I, have you read the book Irresistible? Um, yes, which is actually, Adam told me about it. <laughs> I made yeah. fun of him for so long because it's yeah. all he talks about is this book and I made fun of him and I read it. I was like, oh my God, no one you <laughs> talk about it all the time. But I mean, it, it scares me. And I think also yeah. for me, it's like building this level of awareness, but that's just one step. And for me, it's like, I think about these things and a lot yet I'm not making all the changes I could. Like, look, uh, like, to be honest, I wish I was, but it's like, I use my phone too late. I'm on my phone too much. I'm, I'm not, I don't wear, I forget to wear my blue blockers sometimes. And I don't turn off my Wi-Fi at night and like all those things. And I'm like, realistically, like, I'm not going to turn off my Wi-Fi at night. I'm just not going to. And I wish I was the person who was like going to take all of those steps. But like, if I'm this aware and this passionate about this, I'm like, how do we make this accessible to somebody who's not that, that aware? Accessibility is only going to come through caring and caring's only going to come through loving or fearing. Mm. 
So it's like if we care about something, then it's either we love the thing we care about yeah. or it's or to not have it, to not care about it, to have it not be present creates so much fear inside of us mm-hmm. that that'll motivate us to do it. Like love and fear is the ultimate seesaw in this mm-hmm. life. So when it comes to technology, um, do we love ourselves enough to care about it or are we afraid of it enough to care about it? Yeah. That's, that's the real duality. It's and, and it's a hard one because... And I, lo- and I love where we are in this conversation because, um, you know, it's, it's going to continue to grow. And I, I think there is some, some practical things people can do. You know, one of them sure. is one of them is like on your phone, there is, especially on the iOS 12 update, mm-hmm. there is a productivity. If you just swipe left in your home screen, it'll mm-hmm. show you this is how long you've been on social. Mm-hmm. This is how long you've been on productivity. This is how long you've been on other. And so give yourself a goal set in the settings on your iPhone. And I know Android's going to have it too. Mm-hmm. Set limitations mm-hmm. so that the actual device you're using that might be robbing your health will remind you with a reminder to put the phone down and that you've you've done too much mm-hmm. so the phone the technology companies aren't stupid mm-hmm. although they have a massive 20-year plan to addict every single person and monetize every action we have mm-hmm. they also have to be very careful because as we wake up and as we become more aware of what they're doing they can't do it too fast what do you think is the i thought it was really interesting how Apple now ha- like is letting you know how much time we're spending. What what's the play there? Back to the point of we, they can't move in the direction they really want to move uh-huh. too fast because if they move too fast, it'll be too much of a clue to all of us of what they're really doing. Mm-hmm. And what they're really doing is massive mind control, mm-hmm. massive brain programming. Mm-hmm. They have behavioral psychologi- psychologists and um, neurologists. Mm-hmm that Nirayal talks about in his work. Mm-hmm. Um, Nirayal wrote a couple models about the loop or that the, the habit model. I forget the name of his model, mm-hmm. but it's the variable reward. When we have a variable reward where we touch a button and we don't know what's coming, that shoots a little bit more dopamine and serotonin. Mm-hmm. And so this continuous variable reward can drive behavior over the long run. Mm-hmm. And so what they're doing with this, Oh, see guys, we care. We're going to let you know how long you've been on your phone. We're going to show you that we actually care about you and that we're not trying to control your mind. But they know that most people aren't going to do it. Knowing and doing are two separate things. Yeah. And as I just said, this is is my journey in life is Mm -hmm. to, is to know and to do, which is true intelligence Mm -hmm. to know and to do. And, and the phone companies are doing this so that they won't get caught on to as fast. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. And that's, if you look at Nirayal's work and even the guy from Irresistible, Uh um, I think they're colleagues. So I think they've explored some of the same behavioral and and manipulative tactics from technology. I think it's because we're all wanting so badly Mm -hmm. to reconnect with, for lack of a better term, the cave woman, the cave man inside of ourselves, the primal way of being, the eating, moving, sleeping, the being in sunlight, the being in nature, the breathing, the loving, the touching, the talking. We all want that. Mm-hmm. But technology takes us away from that. It's quote, quote, makes us p- more productive, but it also robs us of these pillars of human fundamentals, Yeah, which is sitting with someone with your phone out of the room and feeling their heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And spending time with them mm-hmm. and feeling what it's like to hold the child or feeling what it's like to really be present with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's way different than when technology is in the room. Even right now, like both of our phones are off, but we know they're there. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we can have a conversation about life practices and frameworks and accountability and little mirrors of mindfulness 
as we move in this technological evolution, that's the only thing we can do. Mm-hmm. We're not going to change the growth curve of this tech. Yeah. Um, all, all we can do is, is go back to these fundamental pillars of human ways of being that got surpassed a long time ago by technology. So I don't know. It's another big question. And I, I love these deep topics because I think sometimes it just comes down to, can we take a fucking stand for what we feel is right in our, in ourselves? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's about what you're, you're, somebody's listening and you know, are you, are you willing to take responsibility? Yeah. People are, people feel it. I think that's why there's more of a drive back to like the woo side of things and people right. don't even know why. Um, but I mean, I feel like I've, I've talked about this with a few people recently. I'm like, forest bathing needs to be just our remedy. Shenren Yoku. Like, let's just all, why is this not a thing here? Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. And it's so ironic that it's like trying to sp- spread awareness about this and talk about it. Um, and whoever's listening to this is going to have their phone in their hand probably while they're walking. With they're listening to in. us on their yeah. phone. You know, and that's why it's just this cognitive dissonance, like all the time, like I'm trying to tell people things via technology, <laughs> you know, we definitely lost, I don't know. I'm not, I'm no longer talking to my community by standing up in front of them and, you know, I'm reaching way more people but at what cost well it's interesting because as you grow and as i as as podcasting grows Mm -hmm. there's gonna come a point in time and i've been feeling it very strongly lately that in-person experiences Mm -hmm. are going to become just as powerful yeah as the podcast delivery medium itself yeah because like when people are listening and, and and they're feeling something they're really feeling what they want, which is the thing we're talking about, human connection and being in person. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think the wave of the future mm-hmm. is to use technology to get people to not use technology by being there in person. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really what's going to happen. Oh, I agree. And I felt that that on shift like with my own business and stuff. So I just threw my first like retreat. I did a, my podcast called wellness realness. And so I did a wellness realness retreat and like, um, it was the most incredible weekend like we got so deep and there was nothing like that and afterwards I was talking to my assistant and I'm like we just need to do this I was like this is what I want to do like I I like you know and we just need to do more retreats see people in real life because it's completely different and like fulfills you in such a different way and like all of those women were like this literally changed my life and I'm like well okay thank you like that is why this is like why we're doing this you know like it's one thing to listen to an episode and feel something, but like you just can't compare it to being in person with somebody. Can I talk to those women for a moment? Yeah. Because 60% of wellness force is women. Mm-hmm. And I think about like what my mom needed and, and what a lot of women need when they're raising kids. Mm-hmm. So this is specifically for the, the moms that have kids. Mm-hmm. The, to the degree you take care of yourself and love yourself and, and really do your work mm-hmm. on your wellness your kids are going to come out so amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what drove me to even be a trainer and to explore was the deep contrast of pain that I got from my mom, not having the intelligence from my mom, not knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. So the fact that like, if you're a loving, caring, connected woman, and you're listening right now, thank you. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you for being here because you're the one that's going to make a difference with Mm -hmm. your children and the men that you rub against. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big deal. Yeah. Majority of women make wellness decisions. The majority of women make purchase decisions. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to be able to in full circle, like receive from the feminine, Mm -hmm. well, like the the call is out for you, the feminine to like do this in a integrous way. Mm -hmm. 
And that's why I think we get to put down the weapons and the shields as men and women Mm -hmm. and start talking about how we actually grow together. Yeah. And and that's what the message I wanted to give to the women that would go to your retreat, that listen to a show called Wellness Realness, which I love. (laughs) um, Because, gosh, like you hold so much power. Yeah. The power has always been actually with the women. It's just that men, I think, have been afraid of that in some way. Yeah. And so they've tried to control it. Mm -hmm. But what we also know is because there's a Kali energy inside of women, that fiery energy, you know, women are like the ocean. We never exactly know what they're going to do. And that's beautiful Uh because that's why we like the ocean. Mm -hmm. So for these um, women that are helping to raise men and also helping to teach men about like this energy that exists in the world, um, it's a big responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so my question to you is this, are you willing to heal your pain body of how men have oppressed you so that you can show us and help us lead together? That's a big question. And I don't know if every woman's really willing to sit with that because they're, they want to sit in that pain body for a little longer about how men have oppressed them. Yeah. It's easy for me to talk. I'm not a woman, right? No, I mean, it's real. And if you're feeling, if you're feeling anger towards me in the moment, like that's all right. Just look at that and just, Mm -hmm. just feel into that. Cause I understand the beginnings of how much suffering and how much pain men have caused women. Mm -hmm. But how long do we bathe in that pain body? Yeah. Like how long do we bathe there before we, we lock arms and, and look at each other and have a discussion about like, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here together? Yeah. I think that's how wellness, I think that's how society is going to actually grow is from that locking of arms. But I don't know there, there's, there's a lot of work to do before we get there. Cause there's a lot of women that have been hurt. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't think about it. And like, that's kind of, I touched on that a lot at the retreat. We're talking about these feelings of betrayal, like by other women and by men and like everyone's feeling betrayed all around. And also these women are feeling guilty for having spent the weekend away and doing a wellness retreat and they feel guilty for that, you know? And it's interesting. Like I feel like that's a topic that people don't talk about. And I struggled with personally because I know deep down, I actually don't think I've ever said this. It's like so many of my issues, whatever are rooted in this. Like I grew up with this hatred towards men like this deep resentment and like felt betrayed and like like that I was oppressed basically um and it was just something that never was allowed to be brought to the surface you know and uh, this strong distrust which was also really strange for me because I also was somebody who always um felt more comfortable hanging out with men like my group of friends was I always had a group of guy friends but it was really weird like it was just like I, I don't even know how to explain it. And I know that a lot of um, kind of emotional pain that I went through had to do with like like men in my life when I was younger who I felt let me down. And then like growing up where I felt like I wasn't allowed to speak my truth and I was compared to like the male presence in the room and I wasn't good enough and all of this and all of it tied together. Um, and it's it's really, it's deep rooted and it manifests in many ways, I think. Yeah. And the great point you made is that it's deep rooted. Mm-hmm. And because of how deep the roots go, what we're, what we're all, I think, feeling right now is this fight between, do I rip the roots out and heal it completely? Or do I just give it grace and mm-hmm. just give it acknowledgement and intention that the roots might just be there forever? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And in other words, what I'm saying is, are we trying to rip something out and get to the bottom of why it happened, how we can heal it 100%? It just seems utterly exhausting. That's the debate. Yeah. Right? What, what's, I think, more healthy 
and I think what's going to be more provide more wellness for all of us mm-hmm. is if we acknowledge and accept yeah. what, what has occurred. Can yeah. we can we acknowledge and accept what has occurred? And there'll be some pain there too. Yeah. But to try to go back and I and I and I learned this from uh, from a lot of different experiences. Like yeah, plant medicine is one of them, mm-hmm. but if I go back and I try to heal exactly what happened in my childhood and I try to rip the roots out of what happened when I was a little man, a little mm-hmm. boy, all that does is take me back there so that I can, my logical mind can go, aha, now I know why that happened. Mm-hmm. Now I know why my dad or my mom or a girlfriend or whatever, or in your case, why a man let me down. We don't have to know why. Mm-hmm. Knowing why isn't going to help you heal. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's going to help us heal, me heal, you heal, us heal as a collective is if we acknowledge and accept that it just occurred. Yeah. Like that's it. And, and, and that's yeah. not easy. Yeah. And I, that, I think it's so interesting. Um, I was kind of thinking about this in the context of something else. So I like part of what I specialize in is eating disorders and mm. I've, like I'm really fascinated by the psychology of eating and all of that. And um. I was reading some like discussions the other day, you know, about fixing binge eating. Right. And you have this whole camp of people who are like, you need to go back to your past and like work through that past to be able to break free of that. And then there's this other camp of people who are saying, no, you don't, you just have to like, you don't have to be fixed. Like, it's just like, here I am. This was the decision I made. I can make a new decision right now. And once you have that awareness, then you can move forward. And it's really interesting to me how people um, are kind of so it's such a polarizing thing. Um, But I don't know. I just think that whole discussion is incredibly fascinating. Well, it's because both sets of people, both groups Mm -hmm. have built either a lifestyle or a business or an identity Mm -hmm. around their way of thinking as the correct one. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, like, Shit, Christine, aren't we just figuring this thing out? Yeah. Like, aren't we just every single day figuring it out and just being open to the possibility of what's next? I'm, I'll identify, actually, I'll identify with the camp of, I don't need to know why anymore. Mm-hmm. I think for a long part of my life, I just, I wanted to know why. And it's what drove me to actually not accept how I was feeling because mm-hmm. I was so focused on knowing why something happened. Because mm-hmm. if like my logical mind was like, oh, if I know why something happened, well, then I can heal. Yeah. No, that's your ego trying to block you from healing mm-hmm. so it can be right about why you were hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part. That's the most challenging part. And I think that's the, that's the unfolding that we're experiencing. And, and how this transfers to wellness is because if we're in a state of fight or flight, Mm-hmm. Because we're figuring out why we want to know why. Well, that's just going to affect everything, right? Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna affect how we're just like if you had a pendulum, we're just slightly tilted over to sympathetic all day long because we're angry because we haven't figured out why yet. I just have to aside. It's so funny because you keep talking about the, pen, the pendulum and everyone who knows like my <laughs> everyone make I carry a pendulum with me everywhere. Do you really? Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um just for the energy healing and answering questions and so it's so funny that you keep bringing that up. Uh, I had <laughs> to say that because It's perfect. Yeah, we need to yeah, but <laughs> I think that it's really important for people to acknowledge the past, but I see a danger in spending too much time in the past personally and too much time in the, in the future. Like, I think that's like too many people aren't in the present. And yeah. like the more we're telling people like you're broken, you need to heal your past, keep working in the past. Like, okay. Like 
this is just my opinion that I'm saying. Like, I think I think it's really important to see what went on and like acknowledge it and like, you know, pay I guess pay attention for a second. But like you, when you get too stuck into figuring everything out and you're just like always living in the past and always looking towards the past and how can I fix my past? Like, you aren't there now. Same with like people who are living in the future. It's like, when am I gonna get this? When am I gonna get this job? When am I gonna find my my soulmate? When am I gonna move here when will I be happy what can I do next 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 I'm like we just are running every direction but right now I want to go back really quickly I know it's your show Um, (laughs) this is cool because I'm seeing a lot of of dots being connected in the way that we're speaking because what I think the feminine really is what I think the feminine energy is and you asked me why I went to Hawaii as well the feminine energy is not about the future Mm -hmm. the feminine energy is not about the past the feminine energy is the present moment. It's the flowing and, and kind of like being in the vibe of it all. Like the, most women, when they're truly embodying feminine energy, mm-hmm. they're dancing, they're mm-hmm. laughing, they're hanging out with their friends in a group, they're being social. There's no thinking. There's yeah. no being in the past or the present. It's there. Mm-hmm. And I think what I've learned the most, even from my past relationship and, and on a continuous basis uh, from the feminine is to just be here now. Yeah. I think the feminine really teaches us how to be here now when the feminine's being really um, embodied. It's it's the most magical thing. Yeah, maybe that's why I feel that that full. Well, in contrast, so what's the the masculine energy? Tell us more about that. The masculine energy is more about production. Mm -hmm. And and by the way, the the masculine energy is a powerful force that is supposed to dance with feminine. Mm -hmm. I don't actually believe in toxic masculinity. I don't think that's a thing. Mm -hmm. I think what the masculine energy really is, is it's about movement. Mm-hmm. The masculine energy is about movement forward, driving forward, um, decisiveness, um, uh, strength of, I guess you could say, physicality, which also women can embody those qualities too. Um, but if you look at biologically how men are structured, they typically have more type 2 muscle fibers. Mm-hmm. Um, they have hair in their face. They have masculine qualities, right? Um, which is a whole other conversation. Some people don't even want to talk about masculine and feminine, which I think kind of disrespects our biology, actually. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I, I, think the, I think the masculine left unchecked, left unregulated, unguided, um, is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous because we, we were brought into this world from our mother. Like my mom brought me into this world. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm 100% masculine all the time, well, then I'm, I'm disrespecting my mother. Mm-hmm. I'm not learning from her. I'm not, I'm not acknowledging that the thing she says is true. So yeah, I'm just feeling a deep connection to my mom right now. You know, um, what's her name? Her name is Mary. Okay. Yeah. So she did the best she could and, and all women at all times are doing the best they can, even if it's not enough. Mm-hmm. There's, there's arguments about like, oh, you know, we're always enough in every moment. I don't agree. I think people are doing their best and I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes your best isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at honoring the feminine and like being, what does it mean to be masculine? A true masculine man is open to the feminine and connected with his masculine. Mm-hmm. Like he, he has both roles. It's challenging either way, Christina. It's like the, the feminine in 2018 has never been burdened with so much you have to look a certain way you have to act a certain way you have to have this certain friends and you have to have a full-time job yeah <laughs> you know and so for the masculine it's challenging for us because mm-hmm. we're like okay wait 
so you don't want me to get your door anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, like, wait, can I not pay for you? Mm-hmm. Like, what what do we do there? And like, oh, you don't want me to screw in your light bulb? Okay. <laughs> well, if you don't give us something to do, then why do you need us? Yeah. If, if I, we know you can do all these things, we know you can do it. We yeah. know you're a grown ass woman. We know you don't need us, but we need you to need us. Mm-hmm. Like we need you to need us because if you don't need us in some way, then why are we there? Like, what's the point of having a duality, a plus minus, a masculine feminine, if um, we're either both going to be feminine or both going to be masculine? It doesn't mm-hmm. fit. There's a reason why a battery has a plus and a minus. It's because that's how energy flows. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with the earth and all creatures. So that's why I don't like people. Or, well, I like all people. But <laughs> that's why I don't like the mindset of some people that say, there's no such thing as gender. There's no such thing as masculine and feminine. I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Look at every single thing in nature. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's some outliers where like some frogs are asexual, but yeah. look at 99% of nature. Like we have masculine, feminine for a reason. Yeah. And as we evolve as a collective, like let's stay in touch with the fact that we're half beast mm-hmm. and half spirit. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so, okay. Do you feel like right now we're more out of balance than ever before? Well, I'm viewing it through my lens of Southern California. Okay. So I would say in my environment, no. Uh-huh. But when I travel to places uh-huh. that don't have conscious conversations or don't want to explore this stuff because they're worried and they're, they're in that, they're in it. I call it the media trap. They're in the mm-hmm. trap. They're in the swirl of, Oh my God, did you hear about Trump? Oh my God. Did you hear about Kim Kardashian's puppy? Oh my God. Did you hear about what happened with the Lakers? All mm-hmm. this shit that doesn't have any bearing on our lives mm-hmm. that is stuffed down people's throats. They're caught up in that. And I'm like, Oh, like, like that's what pains me mm-hmm. is that people are caught up in that stuff. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I really don't, I can't speak from an educated place and tell you that I have the exact pulse on our country. Yeah. What I can say is that because of social media, the double-edged sword of it, it does give me a great surge of excitement and hope that the revolution's coming. Mm-hmm. Like the revolution's on its way. It's been on its way for a long time. And um, I just I just did an interview with Paul Check, and that was the title of our show, The Revolution's Coming. And we went very deep into this because the the roots of, I guess you could say, manipulation and the roots of the patriarchy and the roots of the malevolence, really. It's really mm-hmm. like a malevolence. Like I'm going to do everything I can to make as much money. And if you care, well, I don't really care about you. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what's going to... That's not what's going to serve our collective in the future. So I think there's a way that as, as people become more awake and capitalism turns more egalitarian, I don't think capitalism can ever be socialism, nor should it be. But I think as we find a way to just day by day, like connect with each other more, when we break away all the barriers and we focus on just connecting to each other more and just the realization of that and not focusing only on how we get somewhere or why things are the way they are, or wanting the quote answer, and we just mm-hmm. connect back to this, mm-hmm. which is just being with one another and just seeing how each other is. It starts with you and me, two people, and then it ripples out to a podcast, and then it ripples out to a community, and then it ripples out to a county, and then a state, and then a, and then a government. Yeah. And I think that's it. Like we, for a long time in my life, I was like, I'm going to change the world. <laughs> And like, I can't, I can't change the world unless I'm living congruent with, with the change that I know is possible within me. Mm-hmm. If I'm not being a change, the reason why Gandhi's stuff is so um, patronized and, and sloughed off 
It's like, it's like the ultimate meme, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, do it though. Yeah. Do it and see how hard it is. And then you won't take it so, so off base. You won't be slighted by it. It's yeah. really hard to be the change you want to see in the world. I think people make fun of things they're scared of. Totally. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a big platitude. Like love is, love is all there is. Uh-huh. Well, it's not true. Like, Love is all there is if you choose to focus on that. But yeah. then there's, there's a lot of things that get in the way of love. Mm-hmm. But if you want love to be there, it can be there. Yeah. If you choose. I'm curious, kind of coming back full circle. So you were in Hawaii for how long? Six months. And then you came back, you came, went back to San Diego? Um, six months in Hawaii. And then I didn't feel like I learned whatever I was really seeking, which was like, uh, my whole life has been, how do I get to a place of peace mm-hmm. and just of being comfortable in my own mm-hmm. skin. So I didn't learn enough there. So I went to Las Vegas after that. And in Vegas, I trained strippers and alcoholics for a year. That was my first year of personal training, like, <laughs> training like the, the gnarliest clients. Yeah. And then, um, moved back to San Diego and worked at 24 hour fitness uh-huh. and then did management 24 hour fitness, then went to a studio and then like had my own business in a studio for a while. Okay. Um, yeah, that was the, I guess that was the evolution of training for me. Um, but along the way, I really saw what people wanted. Pe- people didn't really want a trainer. What do they want? Um, <laughs> they just wanted an excuse to connect with their body and to connect with someone else. Mm-hmm. And then they were willing to pay me like 85 bucks for an hour. Yeah. You know, I think that a lot of people who are doing any type of coaching um, in general, fitness or nutrition or business, um, you kind of start to tell, like you can kind of tell that some people, many people are kind of just paying to be your friend. Of course. You know, pretty much everyone at the end of the day. I, I would say yes. And the caveat is there is some specialized services mm-hmm. that require unique experience, mm-hmm. like psychological trainings yeah. and, and emotional intelligence trainings. There's some that are really like when you, when you open Pandora's box with somebody, mm-hmm. like you have to have the heart and the, and the, charisma and the ability to to be in that space with that person yeah because sometimes people will tell you even when i did online coaching for a few years um it was never about diet and exercise yeah it was always about what was going on in their life that was that was hurting their heart Mm -hmm. that was then manifesting in ah my body my weight my this my that Mm -hmm. but yeah i had people tell me some really intimate things like really scary things and i'd and i'd have to just be there with Mm -hmm. them and that requires like a skill set to to be there with somebody. Yeah. What d- how would how do you think people can develop that? By doing Practice. it. I I honestly think it's by doing it yeah. and and even being honest with the person that that after working with them you realize that it's not the right fit and that you're going to refer them to someone that you're learning from. Mm-hmm. I think that goes for any industry. Yeah. True. But what happens is that we need money to survive. <laughs> right? And so Somebody's got a paying client and they're like, wait a minute, I'm realizing that by working with this client, like they're not the best fit for me, mm-hmm. but they also pay me $1,600. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's a challenge between morality and responsibility. Yeah. There we go again. <laughs> well, this has been amazing. I want you, I feel like, what message do you want to leave my listeners with? If you're listening, most, most of my audience are women, let's say 20 to 35. What do you want to say to them? You are the blossoming flower that every man of the future will learn from. Mm 
And if you do your work on yourself and if you choose to stay curious about your physical and emotional intelligence so you can live your life well, Mm -hmm. then you'll be a partner in creation, not crime, a partner in creation with your masculine counterpart. Or or if you're a lesbian, your female counterpart, Mm -hmm. whatever. Because what we're what as the masculine is looking to you for is is guidance. Mm-hmm. Because we're a really powerful force, and so are you. And so, if the masculine and feminine can come together to be a force of wellness themselves, mm-hmm. well, then that's a pretty beautiful world in my mind. But the choice is up to you. And staying curious is, I think, the only way we'll be there. And I'd actually like to just say, with Brene Brown's work, a lot of her work could be something that would be of deep service to your audience because I I learned that in interviewing people and studying her work and just getting to this place of, okay, I think everyone really is doing the best they can, Mm -hmm. even if it's quote, not enough in that moment. So any woman listening, like, you know what, you've done a great job up to this point, Mm -hmm. but if something's off and you're feeling something's off, or we've talked about something that brought up something in you, Mm -hmm. instead of approaching it as God damn it, I need to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you take some breaths first? And then just approach the problem or the feeling you have with a sense of curiosity and ask yourself, okay, what is this trying to teach me? Like, what is this trying to show me? Mm-hmm. And I think that can be a path we can all walk together. I love it. Thank you. Can you tell everyone where they can find more from you? Yes. Wellness Force online. So Wellness Force everywhere. Wellness Force podcast. We talk about that intersection of physical and emotional. It's the whole mm-hmm. show. And then, um, yeah, I'm on social. I mean, you're way more active on Instagram than I am. <laughs> but it's like, uh, if, you, if I said something that made you upset, message me. Mm-hmm. Well, wellness Force. Let me know. I think everyone's going to love it. Or if I said something that made you feel awesome, yeah. message me too. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Amazing. I hope that you guys enjoyed that chat with Josh Trent as much as I enjoyed recording it make sure you reach out to him if that spoke to you in any way you can find him on wellness force radio podcast on itunes he's on instagram at wellness force his personal instagram is trent underscore sd go to wellnessforce.com find all of things and again i just want to thank josh for coming on the show sharing all of that with us being so open honest real and sharing his wisdom and putting out the work that he does into this world. So if you enjoyed this show, please, please, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps get the word out about the podcast, share it, post about it on social media, join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, and don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. Totally free to subscribe. So make sure you do it. All right. That's all I have for you this episode. I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful day wherever you are. I'm sending you love and positive energy. And I will talk to you again next time. Bye.